we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Northern Power Women podcast with me, Sam Walker, with she, Simone Roche, MBE, our great leader of the Northern Power Women Network. Another week, another podcast, our Simone, and I can't believe we are now well into May. Where is this year gone? It's incredible. Uh, well, I believe it's washed away, quite frankly. Uh oh. <laughs> Oh, yes. You did tag me on an Instagram story about this. I mean, I know I heard May Day Bank Holiday last week was a bit of a washout for some areas of the UK. And really, the weather seems to have upped its game, right? (laughs) Sleet, the mother of all hailstones that are unbelievable. So you can go from having a glorious sunshine, have worked from the the, the boat today because it was beautiful. And I thought, right, going to the office to do the recording, I literally had to make a run, <laughs> make a run for it because it was I was getting pelted. It looked like some kind of CGI effects. <laughs> <laughs> literally, that's why, that's why I had to put it on Instagram because I was like, I am literally running the gauntlet of giant balls. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do you know... I know then when you tagged me on Instagram and I know you then you sent me a WhatsApp of the hail. I genuinely thought you were having a laugh. I genuinely thought this is a picture, a video you've taken from December of sleet and you're just winding me up. So I sent you then pictures of the sunshine over the palm trees this morning and you, well, as you can imagine, Simone was not impressed. Uh, But I have to tell you, Simone, I know you're thinking, yeah, yeah, whatever, Walker, it's sunny. Just after I took that photograph... Dave, my husband, was outside in the yard with me. I picked up this sort of little beanbag chair thing that we've got out there next to the pool. And as I picked it up, Dave went, don't move, don't move. No, in fact, do move, run away. And I went, whoa, ran away. Lovely big scorpion <gasps> just under my beanbag chair. Arizona bark scorpion, the only fatal scorpion uh, in the United States. Thanks very much. Thank you. Oh, so there you go. That's- Sunshine and palm trees, but, you know, deadly pets. No scorpions. No scorpions in the Baltic Triangle, (laughs) thankfully. (laughs) I'm still traumatised. I remember when you first, not not long after you first moved there, I remember one of your your desert uh, diaries, and I remember you, there was a a whole thing around the scorpion, yeah. wasn't there? It was the first time in the sink, wasn't it? It or was something like that. It was in in the sink in our kitchen. And funnily enough, I never saw. Well, I saw one more at that house, and then I never saw another alive one. Apart from when we're out on walks, and the child takes the black light to have a look because they shine under UV light. They literally glow for in a fluorescent manner. It's awful. It's like Mother Nature went hmm, okay, I've made this thing that looks really terrifying. It stings you. How can I just ramp that up a bit more and make it absolutely horrendous? I know, I'll make it glow in the dark. There we go. So it's it's horrific. So you walk around with a little UV light and they just ping out of the darkness and these, it's just terrifying. But we'd never had one in, in our garden. There was a dead one in the pool last year, which I would convince myself a bird had dropped, but there was never an alive one. And now... 
in the last week, we've had four alive ones in the garden. We've got the pest guys coming back tomorrow, Simone, because I'm done. I don't want to go and sit outside anymore. I'll take the CGI hailstones and you have the CGI critters. There we go. Sadly, (laughs) neither of them actually CGI. But anyway, here we go. Um, So look, what a week it's been. I found it really interesting this week. In the last week about that report that came out, do you know the BBC spoke to like 50 of the UK's biggest employers And they said virtually all of them, I think 43 out of the 50 said they don't plan to bring their staff back into the office. They're going to leave the office available, but they're just not planning to bring everybody back. This is what we said a year ago, right? That this would happen, that people aren't, there's never going to be how it used to be. It's life will have changed forever. Yeah, I can't say anymore. We've said so many times, we're not going back to normal. We're building forward better. Mm. But, you know, I think there's a, there's a, there's, 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 Different organisations are trying different things. And, uh, you know, I heard on the news as well, they talked about, you know, and we don't want people to just come back and do their emails from the desk. So it's going to be Mm. that different mindset of working. If you come in, you're coming in to collaborate. You're coming in to to team build and not in that, oh, let's make a, you know, sort of a giant statue in the middle of the office out of photocopy (laughs) paper. Although that could be fun. I challenge that out there. It's it's about being purposeful, isn't it? It's about being purposeful with how and why we work. And I think it, it is, it's amazing, isn't it? You think of our leveling up report we did last September. Mm-hmm. We talked about this. Emily Cox talked specifically about the new ways of working. It's not just work from home. It's not just work in the office. There's, a, there's different approaches. And I think even some of the big four have got different approaches to do it. And there has to be different approaches because every one of these organisations has a different culture. Even the same organisations with North-South headquarters or North-South offices Mm. got to look at it differently. So for me, it's exciting, I think. Let's think differently. Let's do things differently. I love the idea of coming in to collaborate or coming in for purpose and not just to be not just to be present, you know. So I, I think I think it's a good thing. But it's, it will take some working out. But, you know, I think it's great. I found it very interesting though. I read an article about a woman called Lucy Baker, who is a confidence coach who works with a lot of executives, especially around things like presentations. And she's worked from home for 17 years. She built her entire coaching business from home, 17 years, quite happily working away in her spare bedroom this week she picked up the keys for a new office because in fact what she's found is being at home over the pandemic with the children at home with her partner at home and and not having that line between now I'm at work now I'm at home and the fact it's just merged into one even more than it ever was if you work from home she's actually for the first time in 17 years decided to go and actually sit in an office and I I understand that. And there was a day last week where my husband went into the office. He's been in like twice in the last year. And he went in to have a big day where he did a lot of forward planning because, um, you know, he's a director at this company and he's he's doing the whole, right, okay, what's our strategy for the next six months around data science? So they had that big whiteboard day. And um, it was really weird to be in the house on my own. And I actually found... I didn't get any work done. I just sort of rattled around the house because normally I can hear him downstairs on his Zoom calls. The kids have been on their Zoom calls. I've locked myself in my office and actually been mega focused and got on with nobody else there apart from the dogs. I found my mind wandering and I was putting a wash on and I thought, oh my gosh, if he does go back to work, kind of more part-time even, maybe I should get a little office. I did feel quite strange about it. Yeah, well, um, that's as, as you know, living on the boat, that's why we have an office. We have it to create that separation. Yeah. And I've never, you know, since 
2007 was the last time I properly worked sort of nine to five in an office. So I've, and it was only last year, sort of a year, what, 14, 15 months ago now that we took, if you like, the first keys to our office because we needed that separation. Yeah. So I think, I think you're going to get every type of business is going to look, aren't they? And you've got to look, you've got to look at it from a personal and culture perspective. So I think I can see more smaller businesses taking offices and I can see those bigger businesses. Those bigger businesses should go better the small businesses. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's Come interesting on. stuff, eh? Love it. Love to know what you think. If you've had a change of heart over the last few weeks about how you might work in the future, get in touch and let us know, please. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. We're going to talk languishing and lying around in a moment because that's a very important part of anyone's day. But should we get some life lessons going on? Oh, we should. We absolutely should. This week, we have got Amanda. Amanda um, Adiola. She's a partner, solicitor, advocate of BH Law, uh, BHP Law, sorry, over in Darlington. She specializes in private family law matters and is an advocate for diversity, inclusion, as well as mentoring one of our faves. Here's Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda Adiola. I am a partner and solicitor advocate at BHP Law in Darlington. When have you felt the fear and done it anyway? I was so afraid of change and I let this hold me back for a long time. I wanted to grow, to progress and to seize opportunities that are out there for me. But the voice creeps in to create doubt, panic, and to throw up so many what ifs. I knew that I had to go for it and see where life takes me. And I'm glad that I did. Changing jobs, learning new practices and leaving what you're used to can be very daunting. But if you just do it anyways, then you won't have any regrets. If you don't, then you will. I was told to think of the worst that can happen and what I would do should that situation arise. And this helped me to change my focus and to keep fear at bay so I could take the plunge. The second one is, if you are a working parent, how do you cope with the guilt factor? Feeling guilt as a parent is real. From missing school plays to not meeting other parents as your child or children arrives before everyone else for breakfast club, or you arrive to pick them up um, when most people have already taken their children home. But regardless of this, I remind myself constantly that my purpose aligns with my children's purpose in the sense that all that I'm doing and seeking to achieve is for them. Whilst family time is a priority, as working parents, we're always juggling work and life and there's no getting away from that. Rather than focus on the guilt of what I'm not present for, it is making sure that each time that I am there counts and is memorable. And that is the best that I can do. Accepting that my best is enough um, is good enough for, for, for me and my children. When has a failure turned out to be a positive experience? Wow, this is a really good one. It would have to be when I received my university grades. I felt hopeless and thought that I was never going to make it in the legal profession. I wanted to give up and almost wrote my own prospects off. I was uh, fortunate to have a solid support network who reminded me of who I am and that my grades do not determine where life would take me. I continue to strive and work hard to prove this point and by being given the opportunity to show what I can do and how passionate I was about the profession, I am where I am today. 
although it was challenging at the time to break through, it was a positive experience overall. My fourth one is, what are your top tips for making presentations, either within your company or um, conference? My top tip is to present from the heart, really. Um, If you know the subject matter and it is something that you are passionate about, then your presentation should not just be an information sharing process, but an experience of benefit to those who will listen to you. Make sure it is engaging and interactive to create that experience. One mistake that a lot of people make in presentations is to focus on their understanding rather than the understanding of their audience. You must remember that because it is an area of expertise that you have does not necessarily mean that the people you are presenting to understand that. Make sure you pause at appropriate intervals, engage your audience and allow them to ask questions or seek clarification as you go along. My final life lesson. How have you dealt with being overlooked either for a project, a job or a promotion? This is not an easy experience to have uh, nor deal with. Um, But in order to avoid losing focus, I have taken to dealing with these types of situations um, by seeing them as a redirection. No matter how hurtful the experience has been or can be, a change and shift in mindset has given me the courage to make my next move. In the past, I've chosen to take a step back, allow myself the time to be sad, as it is normal for anybody, then reassess and re-strategize before making my next move. I hope that you find my life lessons useful and thank you so much for having me uh, involved. The absolutely spectacular Amanda Adiola here. I mean, she's an award-winning lawyer. I love the fact that, you know, she didn't make this very apparent in what she's just talked about, but I do know of Amanda's work and I love the fact she spends a really significant portion of her time mentoring young lawyers and young women and being one of the few female black lawyers in the north of England. I love the fact that she's working hard to make herself so visible because as we know, in so many ways as we talk about beher.io, of course, on this podcast many, many times supporting season three, it's important that you let people know you are there because that is how you inspire the next generation. But she had a lot of great stuff to say, didn't she, Simone? She did. And I, I love one of the ones about, you know, what's your top tips for making presentations? Uh, and she says, one mistake a lot of people make is to focus on their understanding rather than the yes. understanding of the audience. And we've all done that, haven't we? We've all mm-hmm. done that, you know, because it's an area of expertise that you have doesn't necessarily mean that people you are presenting to. So make sure that you make those pauses, you engage, then you ask questions to seek the clarifications. I thought that was just so simple, but absolutely, you know, um, that, that's sort of, that was one of the standouts for me. It really was. And, you know, I, I make a lot of podcasts, as you know, for for various clients. And I always say the heart of everything you do is your audience. Who are you talking to? Why are you talking to them? And you've got to remember that listener is the most important person, not what you think you want to say. It's what, you know, you hope that they would want to hear. One thing else I loved about Amanda is when she was talked about feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And it's interesting that actually she said, I was told to think of the worst thing that could happen and what I would do should that situation arrive, because that helped change her focus and kept the fear at bay. And kind of one thing I, I heard from a psychologist I was doing some recording with here in the US, something very interesting. She talked about anxiety and she said a lot of people when, they, when they're feeling anxious about something, try and think of all the different things that could go wrong. She talks actually about her child being nervous about a COVID test 
And uh, she, he was like, how far will the, the swab go up my nose? Will it go up to here? Will it go up to here? Will it go high? What's it going to feel like? Am I going to be sick? And, and he was trying to go through every different permutation of what might happen. And of course, you, you can never know what's going to happen. And one thing she said is, you know, sometimes obviously that works for Amanda thinking of the worst possible situation. But another way of doing it is actually stop trying to think of what might happen and instead focus on the past. So instead of focusing on the future, focus on the past and think, whatever happens, I'll get through it because I've got through hard things before. I have dealt with tough situations before. So I know I'll be able to deal with this tough situation. And of course, we all know with anxiety, the worst thing you can think of never happens anyway. And the worst thing you can think of, even if something bad happens, it's not what you imagined it would be. And guess what? You do get through it and you are resilient. So let's focus on the fact we know whatever happens, we have the tools to get through it. And in fact, when you feel that, you can sometimes feel the anxiety just going fading away. And that's why I love these life lessons, because even though Amanda, as you say, award-winning lawyer, you know, everything is so relatable. Mm. Everyone has has had a different path and a different experience. So I think it's taking that and adapting it to you and your situation. So please, please, please do keep those life lessons coming. You can find all about the life lessons. Get in touch with us. You can find out the information on northernpowerwomen.com website as well. And we'll send you the questions 12 of them, answer five. And then guess what? You'll be joining us in the ether on this very podcast. We'd love it. We'd love it if you did it. Uh, let's talk lazing about, please. Or rather, we should say languishing, please, Simone. We both well, read you, this article. Well, it's really interesting because this, you know, that's what I thought. When I first saw the headline, languishing. And this was in the New I York Times. Yeah. And it's, it's an article from the New York Times about the feeling of stagnation and emptiness we're feeling at the moment, even though restrictions are starting to lift and we're beginning to get back to normal. I do hate normal. People are still experiencing a period of feeling joyless and aimless. Mm. And it turns out that this is called languishing. So languishing is the neglected middle child of mental health. And it's the void between depression and flourishing. So it's in essence, it's the absence of well-being. So you don't have the symptoms of mental health um, and you're not the picture of mental health either, but you're not functioning at full capacity. So I've listened to this and if Mm. we'll put the link in the show notes, but you can read it, but I've listened to it because they've audio recorded it as well. Um, I I can't stop listening to it because I'm like, oh my God, I think that I've definitely got that. I've definitely got that. And it also, you know, it, it talks about the, you know, the antidote as well. But you read this as well, didn't well, you? It's, it's yeah. massively interesting. And do you know what? It's occurred to me that exactly what I described to you at the beginning of this podcast, I didn't join up the dots until you've just really pointed it out to me. When my husband was out, the kids were out and I rattled around the house and couldn't focus and had things I needed to do, but they weren't super urgent. So I kind of put them off and I couldn't find my mojo. And I thought, what's wrong with me? This was the dream dream to be on my own and you know for a year and a bit I've been bombarded with people needing a part of me all day every day and now I'm on my own and actually just want and I've just felt and couldn't focus and I always think languishing sounds quite glamorous it's a word that always kind of conjures up some Hollywood starlet on a chaise long to me but actually that's not what it is at all it feels like you're just lazing about and but in a glamorous fashion but you're right it's kind of a, a lack of purpose that you feel which is mm. can be really debilitating 
So they talk about the antidote being a concept called flow. So it's exactly yeah. as you were talking last week with the absence of the the fam around mm. you. You know, the concept called flow is an antidote. It's that elusive state of absorption. But it says during the early days of the pandemic, the best predictor of well-being wasn't optimum, optimism or mindfulness. It was flow. People who came be all immersed in their projects managed to avoid languishing and maintain their pre-pandemic happiness. So he's, he talks about having doing his early word game in the morning and it catapults him into flow and and late night Netflix binge sometimes does the same too so it's almost finding that own so you've missed that normalness Mm. so therefore when Dave wasn't in you lost your flow So it's, it's, it was really interesting because, oh, I'm all right. I'm getting through this. So, you know, we all went on 10 million miles an hour, but those who didn't, they're the people that we saw. We kept saying, didn't we, check in on the checkers? Who's the quiet ones? Those people clearly had lost their flow. So what we're asking for, give yourself some interrupted time, focus on the small goals, you know, and that will help, um, I think. But I've, I'm fascinated by it. Listen, I've listened and don't stop listening to the podcast. Oh, but yeah, please do, do listen to this because it's really resonated with me today. I don't mind saying, and there's a few people I've already shared it with because I know it's them too. Yeah, really do. Well, as Simone said, we'll make sure it's in the episode notes of this podcast. So do go and have a look and click on and read or listen or however you get your articles, essentially. Look, let's have some positivity flowing right here on this Northern Power Women podcast, Simone Roche. What are our high fives for this week? High fives, just so you know, is a place where you get in touch at North Power Women on Twitter. Uh, you can also get in touch on Instagram or LinkedIn. Just search for Northern Power Women. Let us know either something great that's happened to you this week that you want to celebrate or somebody who's gone above and beyond and just made your life easier or the life of your team easier, whatever it might be. It's just a place to share some positivity. Who's got in touch this week, Simone? Oh, we've got Eleanor and Alex from our team, from Team Northern Power Women, and it was all about the hairdressers for them. For those of you, <laughs> Eleanor Keegan has been the host of our Northern Power Features podcast. She is Eleanor, aka Rapunzel. She has hair right down to her bottom. Uh, so she has had a fi- she had a haircut after two years. So that's even that's not even a lockdown haircut. That's so no. she is yeah she's practically naked now without that hair so and, and Alex has had her roots done you know that's what it's all about the joy. me too I know me too last weekend uh, Northern Power Man and I we we decided to volunteer to cater for a friend's wedding um, which of course being the people we are it wasn't like you say just a paper napkin on a table it was go big or go home but I did yeah. sneak in a blow dry and you know what it lasted two days and it was amazing Ooh, and I felt like nice. a, I felt like a million dollars um, but we've got another one here from Marion McCullum who it's her first week of being gainfully unemployed after a tough 12 to 28 months she took the leap and believed in herself it's generated lots of interesting conversations that probably wouldn't have happened had I stayed on the wrong ladder get on your ladder find your lane Marion because there's something for there and my big high five of the week is I had all of my tests you know you know the test event that I was at last yes, week yes the big yeah yeah so both Northern Power Man and I have had all three of our tests have all come back negative and I've had my second jab winning all rounds yeah <laughs> Fan ruddy tastic. That is fantastic to hear, especially as you said, as part of this big government scheme of getting events back together again to know that you got through that. That's brilliant news. Hooray. We'd love to hear your half five. Please send it to us, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Hurrah. Well, there we go. Another week of conversation, of hopefully some insight around your work and life. As ever, we'd love to hear from you. If there's anything you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, any 
polls or surveys you'd like to put us out at North Power Women on Twitter, please, please do get in touch. The next episode is coming your way on Monday, May the 17th. Until then, this is the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker. She is Simone Roche. And the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. Oh,